Well, good morning, everyone. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm so glad that you're joining us in our online service today. Uh, before we jump in, I want to give a, a little bit of a disclaimer. Uh, today, we are continuing our series going through the book of 1 Corinthians that we started way back in June. And uh, today, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 12. And if you read ahead on the scripture verses, this is in the Bible that we're talking about today, uh, you'll see that what we're going to talk about this week and what we're going to talk about the next few weeks uh, are about love, romance, marriage, and about sex. Uh, and so we know that we have all ages uh, watching, and that's really wonderful. Uh, but I want to let you know that today is a little bit of a PG-13 message. And so if you have middle school, high school kids, I, I encourage you to keep them in the room. If you have elementary kids, uh, you can kind of at your own discretion. Uh, and parents, uh, I know that you guys will make the right decision about that. But whatever the case, what we're gonna talk about today is incredibly important and it's something that deserves conversation afterwards. And so whether that's uh, having a conversation with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your fiance, uh, your kids, your spouse, uh, a friend, uh, I think that there's some discussion that needs to happen. And so if we don't have your email already, make sure you fill out the connection card and we will make sure you get the next step email that goes out uh, every Sunday after the service and there'll be some things that you can talk about in there uh, with whoever it is that you're watching with and whoever you can help take next steps uh, together. Uh, so here is our uh, question for today. Here's how verse uh, six, uh, chapter six, verse twelve starts off. Paul says, "I can do whatever I want." Isn't that great? Isn't that a good Bible verse? I I can do whatever I want. Uh, every once in a while, you see someone and they have like a tattoo of like a Bible verse or another email to have a Bible verse on there. So if you don't have one of those, maybe this could be your Bible verse. I, I could do whatever I want. Have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever had a moment where you just felt free? Like in this moment, I feel like I can do whatever I want. Uh, for me, one of those was when I was 22 years old. I just graduated college and I moved out to New York and I got my first apartment and I just felt free. I feel like I can do anything. Uh, I got my first apartment and it's like, I can decorate this apartment however I want. You know, if I want to tack my Emmett Smith jersey to the wall, I can do that, and I did. And you know, I want to put my Pearl Jam posters up. You know, if I want to put my the biggest speakers up, I can. You know, I can make this apartment look however I want. I am free. Uh, and then I went to the grocery store, and I was like, wait, wait, I, I can buy whatever food I want. You know, no one is going to tell me, you know, what's nutritious and what's not. You know, no one tells me, you know, what I can and cannot eat. You know, so, I mean, bring on the sugar cereals, bring on the cookies, bring on the carbs, just all the junk food that, you know, my mom would never buy me. You know, now I could just fill my kitchen with as much of that as I possibly wanted to. Uh, and then I needed to go buy a TV. And I had my first job, and so I wasn't making a lot of money. But when you go from having no money in college to having any money in your first job, you feel like you have money. So I went to Best Buy and I said, you know, hey, here's how much money you know I have to buy a new TV. And the salesman said, that's good, but did you know that you can sign up today for a Best Buy credit card? And now your options are not just you know the TVs that you can afford, but you can charge it and you can buy any TV you want. You are you you are free. You can buy whatever one you want. And let me tell you, if you've ever had a moment like that in your life where you just feel free, it feels great. 
maybe you had a feeling like that when you graduated college or when you first got your apartment. Uh, maybe it was when you were in college and you went away on a spring break trip. Uh, maybe it's now when you go away on a business trip and you're away from your family and you're away from your kids and you have one of those moments where you just feel like, man, just, I, I just don't feel like I have the responsibility. I don't feel like I have the strings. And I just feel like in this moment, I can do whatever I want. But what a lot of us have also found out is what Paul says next. He says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I can decorate my apartment however I want, but that doesn't mean that everyone is going to love the way it looks, especially when I got married and Ashley moved into the house with me and she had a different idea of how she wanted to decorate. I can eat whatever I want, but not everything is going to be beneficial. Not everything is going to be healthy. Uh, I can spend money however I want, but not everything is going to be all that helpful. Uh, and that's the word that I really want to focus on today, is that word beneficial. And so if you're reading uh, in, a, in a, a real Bible, uh, or if you have an online Bible and you have the ability to highlight, or if you just want to write it down somewhere, uh, I would love for you to circle or highlight or write down that word beneficial. Because that's a big deal of what Paul is going to talk to us about today. Because Paul has this idea that all of us are like our life is heading in a certain direction and that we have goals that we have places that we want to be and so we have a place that we would like to be physically someday and so a question we have to ask is not just you know can i eat this you know you know is this you know the question we have to ask is is this is me eating this now is this buying this right now is this, you know, avoiding another exercise session? Is this going to be beneficial to where I want to be physically someday? Uh, that when it comes to our finances, that all of us have a picture of, you know, where we want to be someday, the amount of money we would love to have saved, that maybe we want to retire someday, uh, that we want to buy a house, you know, so we have some picture in our mind of where we want to be financially. And the question that Paul says we should ask is not, you know, what can I buy? You know, how much credit can I get? You know, you know, how much could I possibly, you know, is there a way that I can make this work? The question he thinks we should ask is that when it comes to where we want to be financially someday, Will this decision be beneficial? Will me buying this or not buying this, charging this, not charging this, saving this money or spending this money, will this be beneficial in helping me get to where we want to be? And here's what I know about every single one of us, is when we think of the idea of romance, when we think of the idea of love, uh, maybe when we think of marriage, when we think of sexuality, we have a certain place that we want to be someday. Uh, when, going back to college, uh, when I was in college, there was a movie called The Wedding Singer. Uh, it had Adam Sandler in it, uh, old movie, but I think, I think it was okay. I think it was worthwhile going back and watching if you haven't seen it. Uh, but the idea of the movie is there's this guy and he's a wedding singer and he has these friends and one of his friends is named Sammy. And Sammy is like this like 
cool guy. Uh, and one of the personas you get is that uh, Sammy is a bit of a player. I mean, he's just, you know, going from wedding to wedding, from place to place, and he's just trying to uh, be with as many women as he could possibly be with, and that that's what's making him happy, and that's what's making him cool. But there's this moment in the movie where Adam Sandler and Sammy are sitting at the bar, and Sammy looks across to Adam Sandler's character and says, I'm not happy. Uh, being with all these different women, you know, all these kind of sexual exploits, you know, you would think from outside looking in that they would be making me happy, but they're not really making me happy. Because what I really want is I want someone just to hold me and tell me that everything is going to be okay. Uh, back, I don't know, probably 10, 12 years ago now, uh, I was working at a different church and uh, I was doing some interviews about relationships and interviewing different people about what their relationships looked like. And we were interviewing this older couple at our church, uh, Keen and Margie. They'd been married 50 years. You know, they were just like this, like the picture of like cute couple. And, and I was asking them, I don't even know how we got into this story. Uh, but Keen, uh, the husband, was saying that, yeah, most mornings now we're retired, so we don't have anywhere to go. We wake up. Uh, and we just lie in bed and, and hold hands and talk. And I don't know what your picture is of where you want to be romantically someday, but I'm guessing that it has something to do with those pictures of what Sammy wanted, of just someone who would hold him and tell them that it's all gonna be okay. Of a picture of Keena Margie, of this couple that have been married for 50 years, gone through kids, and you know, and all the you know the, the the difficulties and challenges and wonderful things that can happen in 50 years of marriage. And at the end of it all, they still want to lie together in bed and hold hands and talk because they care about each other that much. Uh, relationships and romance and sexuality isn't just about this like physical idea. And what most of us want is not just great sex physically. We want to be in a relationship where someone loves us, trusts us, who like someone who knows the inside and outside of us and absolutely wants to be with us, who chooses to stay with us even when it's tough, who works to go through the hard times of life. And that's what Paul says. Uh, later on in uh, uh, verse 19, Paul paints this picture of kind of his goal for sexuality. Uh, and here's how it's translated in the message version of the Bible. It says that sex is more than just skin on skin. Uh, that sex, Paul says, is a mystery. It's two people, two individuals becoming one, linked uh, in intimacy, in knowledge, in friendship, in commitment. And Paul says the question that we need to ask when we're approaching this topic of sexuality is not, can I? Can I get away with it? You know, will it somehow be okay? The question that Paul says we need to ask is, is it beneficial? Is this decision going to help me get the kind of relationship marriage, engagement, a sexual relationship that I really want someday. And then Paul takes it to a different level. 
He says, not only should we ask the question, is it beneficial? But Paul says, yeah, I have the right to do anything, but I will not become a slave of anything. Because what Paul says is that there's a shot that some things are not only not beneficial in helping us get to where we want to be, some things are actually an anchor that keep us from getting where we want to be. When I first was uh, 22 and moved into the apartment, uh, I bought that TV from Best Buy and I did it on the Best Buy credit card. And I actually thought that I paid it off uh, right away. I thought I paid off my balance uh, pretty quick. But there was a mistake in the process and somehow Best Buy was sending uh, bills not to my new apartment, but sending it to my parents' house. And, uh, and I wasn't getting those bills and there was kind of this whole misunderstanding. And I ended up getting this like big blemish on my credit check. You know, they ended up sending, you know, this little bit of interest that I had to uh, uh, credit affairs, you know, and you know, there was people coming after me to try to get this money. And so it was like this credit blemish on my account. And so later on in life, when we wanted to go buy a new car, once I got married, when we wanted to go buy a house, uh, they would bring up that one of the issues with our credit went back to this TV that I bought when I was 22 years old. And I think a lot of us have things like that. We have things that we're trying to move forward in life, but there's decisions that we made financially, there's decisions that we made with our health, and there's decisions that we made relationally. There's decisions that we made physically that now are haunting us. And in many ways, they're preventing us from moving into the, the life that God has meant for us. Uh, I've talked to guys before who struggled with pornography before they got married. And they had this thought that, Man, I mean, I, I struggle with pornography now, but you know, someday I'm going to be married, and I'm going to be in a relationship, and you know, and I'm not going to need to look at pornography anymore. But what they found was that not only was it not all that beneficial in helping them get a relationship and sexuality that they wanted before, but now it's actually like this anger. I mean, it's this thing, this addiction that they just can't get rid of. I have known. Uh, men and women who, uh, before they got married, you know, they were just in all kinds of different relationships and they would just kind of sleep with whoever came along. And what they did was they had to somehow separate sexuality from all the emotion because, I mean, they weren't all that committed to these people, you know, they didn't really know all that yet. And so they, they couldn't really make the relationship that deep. It had to be just sex. It had to be just something that was just physical. And then they get married and they're in this relationship and now all of a sudden they want their the sexual part of their relationship to be so much more. They want it to be this like deep, intimate, relational thing. But for so long they've been in this habit of building these emotional walls and separating themselves in many ways from their sexuality. And now when they're trying to put that together their past behavior has become an anchor on helping them to move forward. Uh, I know people who go back to one spring break, one business trip, uh, a couple relationships that just did not go well. And those are like anchors in their relationships now, just like preventing them from moving forward. I, I know some people and they're in relationships right now and they know 
that it's not the best relationship for them. They know this is not the person that I want to be with someday. And maybe that relationship, just staying there, is preventing them from moving forward. Uh, and what Paul is trying to do is he's trying to help us re-ask the question. The question is not, what can I do? You know, because let's be honest, we're all human. You can do whatever you want and God will love you and God will forgive you. The question that Paul wants you to wrestle with though is, is this beneficial? Will this someday become an anchor on who God wants me to be? Because God has a picture for what he wants you to be someday. God has a picture for your marriage someday. God has a picture, this might seem kind of weird, but God designed sex. God designed sexuality, and he has an image of where he wants it to be, of what would be the best for you, what would be the best for you as a couple. And so he wants you to ask the question, is there things right now that I should say no to? Is there things that right now I should say, you know what, we could, well, we're adults, we're consenting, but you know what, we're going to wait. I have the option. I could probably get away with it. No one's maybe even going to know. But that's not the question. The question is, is this going to be beneficial? Is this going to help me get to the kind of relationship that I dream of someday? Is this going to help me have the sexual relationship that I believe that God has intended for me to be? And I think this is a big deal for us as Christians. Uh, as, as church, we've got this wrong a lot of times, not necessarily Christchurch Albany, but just kind of church-wise in general. Uh, a lot of times, people would summarize the Christian message about sexuality as just, no, uh, that's what Christians think about sex. That's what Jesus says about sex. That's what the Bible says about sex is no. Uh, and I get that. Uh, I remember when I was in middle school, I went to this middle school church retreat thing, and it was at a roller skating rink. And they had this guy who was going to do a talk that night, and he was going to talk to us about sex. And so he was roller skating around, and he was wearing this like big box uniform, and he called himself Mr. No Sex. And he was going to teach us all that the right Christian response was just to say no to sex. Uh, and that's maybe what you were brought up with, is that that's the church's view, is just wagging the finger and saying no. But that's not what Paul is going to tell us over the next couple weeks. Paul is going to tell us that God designed sex, that God made sex for a very special intention to bring two people together, but that sex was not supposed to be just skin on skin, but it's supposed to be this mysterious thing that brings two individuals and helps bring them together as one. And God doesn't want you to do anything that's going to get in the way of you getting there, of you benefiting from the decisions that will help you to get to that kind of a relationship. God doesn't want you to get involved in any kind of behaviors or addictions or habits now uh, that, will, that will end up being an anchor from keeping you from getting where God has always wanted you to be. And so I hope you join us the next few weeks as we keep diving into this. Uh, but here's what I'd like you to do for this week, is I would like you to take a, a moment this week, and this might be a little bit odd or weird, but I would love for you to do it. Take some time and write down 
Um, maybe even share with a friend. What is your goal for a relationship? And I don't know if you're single and you're not in a relationship right now. Maybe you're dating. Maybe you're engaged. Um, maybe you're married. But what is, like, if you could define your dream romantic relationship, what would it look like? What, what would the habits be? How would you treat each other? How would you talk about each other? How would that other person view you? And this will be even a little weirder, but what is your dream sexual relationship look like? What kind of openness and honesty and intimacy and authenticity and commitment and sacrifice and not selfishness, but selflessness do you want in that relationship, in that sexual relationship? And then ask yourself this question as you look at that, maybe even share it with a friend. What things are you doing right now that are benefiting you getting there someday? If you're single, what are the things that you're doing that are benefiting you that will help you to get there? If you're dating, what are the things that you're doing in your dating relationship that are helping you get there someday? If you're engaged, if you're married, what are the things that you're doing to move your relationship forward so that you are becoming the kind of relationship that God has designed you to be? And I hope that that might make you decide that there's some things that maybe you need to put on hold for a little while, stop, and maybe there's some things that you need to start making a priority. We're going to talk more about those in the next few weeks. Uh, we're going to end by taking a communion, and we do this every week. And I think, especially when we talk about something like sex, this is such an important thing to do because it's so important that as we read the Bible, that we remember, I mean, this is, we believe this is God's word, that this instructions about how we should live our lives, we need to remember who is giving us these instructions. And we believe that who these come from is our loving Heavenly Father. That who is telling us to live our lives and have our romantic relationships and to view sexuality through these lenses is our loving Father who wants the best for us. That these come from our loving Father who left the pleasures of heaven and came down to earth because he wanted to be with us and have a personal relationship with us. And for many of us, when we think about a relationship with God, we think, ah, that, I just don't know if God would want to be in a relationship with me uh, because I'm a mess. And many of us, when we think about our relationships and sexuality, maybe the things that feel like they separate us from God the most are things that we have done, things that we have said, or things that we have viewed that just feel like, man, God is not going to be on board for that. And so what we celebrate in communion each week is that God loves us enough that he gives us forgiveness and second chances every single time. Because God doesn't want you to just follow the rules. God wants you to trust him and God wants you to get to the life that he promised and that he designed you to live. And he will do anything for you to get there, even if it cost him his life. So let's celebrate communion today. Uh, I got uh, some pretzels today and some water. You can use whatever you have in your house. So let's celebrate the Jesus that loved us enough to break his body for us.
and let's take the juice that reminds us that he spilled his blood for us. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, this is such a difficult issue, uh, sometimes awkward issue to talk about. But I believe that you have something so good for us when it comes to every aspect of our life, and that includes romance and sexuality. So help us to be open, help us to be honest, and help us to do the things to become selfless people so that we can live in the life that you have designed for us to live. Same we pray. Amen. Love you guys.